0: Could you imagine bow hunting and killing a 688 pound black bear? That is wild. Welcome to the Kodiak Outdoors podcast. We're here to talk all things outdoors and outdoor lifestyle. Your host, Jason, is here to guide you. And with that said, let's get into the podcast. Here we go. Okay, welcome to the Kodiak Outdoors podcast. This episode, we are gonna be talking turkey. First, we're gonna talk about five myths and five unique facts about turkeys. Then we're gonna get into 10 pieces of turkey hunting gear that I think are fairly essential. And at the end of the episode, we are going to do a unique hunting story, something either, I try to do something either related to conservation or unique fact or an interesting news story. And then in this case, it's about a monster black bear. Monster black bear. So let's get into it. Let's get into five myths and then five facts about turkeys. Five myths about turkeys. Number one, you can't call in a gobbler if it's with a hen. This has been proven time and time again to be false. You absolutely can do this. It's not the easiest thing to do. Sometimes you actually have to talk to the hen a little bit, get her fired up, and she'll bring him right over sometimes. But it is possible spook a gobbler and he won't be back around I've actually found this to be false myself I spooked six birds one morning and they literally came back at the exact same time the next morning so this is false they will revisit the same areas again if you do spook one sometimes it might take a day sometimes it might take a week but they can come back to the same area again if you do spook them. Number three, you can't call a turkey downhill. I don't know how this myth started or how it came about. My prediction would be though that people started hunting birds and when the birds higher up on the hill, it has a better vantage point and it probably can see you better. So that's probably where it started and people don't realize that. And so they think you can't call them downhill. You absolutely can call them downhill. Number four, Milder winters mean that the breeding season is gonna start sooner. This is completely false. Breeding season has nothing to do with actually winter. It has to do with the amount of sunlight and daylight there is throughout the day. As the days get longer and there's more sunlight, that's when hens start getting ready to breed and the season kicks off. It has nothing to do with actually winter. And number five, turkeys get call shy. I've heard this a lot. I would say it's not so much that they get call shy is that they just get a little bit more weary. They will come in completely silent. They might not talk to you, but they will come in to see what's going on. And sometimes it could be the weather. They don't like what's going on weather-wise, or maybe they're just not in the mood that morning. That's also a reason, especially late season. I've heard this a lot. People say they're too call shy. They won't come in. Uh, they could just be not in the mood and or they might be a little bit more careful about it but they will come in five truths about turkeys you might not know number one turkeys have a routine they like to kind of go in the same areas do the same things in those areas and then do it throughout the day and repeat they can sometimes get in the loop where they go to the same areas and look for even the same birds so this is something that can happen number two turkeys will roost in the same tree especially if it's something that they feel very safe in, they've been using a lot. Sometimes turkeys prefer to use the same tree over and over again to roost. Number three, weather definitely can affect how much turkeys call in today. Especially, I've noticed if it's foggy, birds really don't like to talk, mostly because their visibility is just absolutely poor. So they can't see what's going on in front of them as much makes it a lot easier for predators to come up on them. They do not like talking if it's really foggy. Number four, turkey's eyesight is three times better than a human that has 20-20 vision. And then add on top of that, they can see at 270 degrees, meaning not only can they see great, but they can see a huge portion of what's around them, making them even more difficult to hunt. And number five, turkeys can hear faster than we can. The way turkeys ears are built and the way they're wired to their brain allows them to hear shorter notes, meaning they they can hear things before we do. One note that we would hear would equal 10 notes that a turkey would hear, meaning they hear sounds way before we do. Okay, so that was 10 myths and 10 facts about turkeys. Hopefully you guys enjoyed that segment. Now we're gonna start talking about the main topic which is what gear should you have? What is the 10 essential pieces of gear for turkey hunting? Now, some of these pieces are more essential than others, and I'll kind of point that out as I go through, but these are the 10 items I think that are really great to have for turkey hunting. And the first one, and the number one thing I think we can all agree on is you're gonna need some kind of calls. Now, calls really vary based off of if you wanna have a diaphragm call, Do you want to have a slate call? Do you want to have a box call? There's a large variety of calls out there and a huge difference in price. Honestly, it's based on your skill level and what you're comfortable with. I personally like a slate call. It's not the easiest and it has medium amount of volume, but it's not as quiet and it doesn't take as much skill and I can usually produce the same sound over and over again in a very consistent manner. I really like slate calls. Box calls they're simple, but they are very effective. I know some people feel like, oh, I don't I don't need to use that anymore. That's kind of for beginners. Box calls are fantastic. Now, diaphragm calls, huge benefit here is hands-free. You can stay in your mouth. Super portable. Easy to have. Harder to master. But if you do get really good with a diaphragm call, that's awesome. That's a huge plus, I think, that It makes you a more versatile hunter. It allows you to have a bigger assortment of different kinds of calls to use, depending on weather, for instance, or whatever kind of situation you're in, you wanna run and gun a little bit more. It's nice to have your hands free and just have a diaphragm call in. Calls, obviously really big. I'll add on to that shock calls. I feel like shock calls can be very effective in terms of after the early morning, you don't know where the birds are. I do like crow calls. I'm not a huge owl call person, uh, mostly because I have owls in the area I hunt, so they naturally do it for me. But on top of that, I don't like using coyote calls. I don't like that idea. I don't like putting the birds on edge, but if it works for you, that's great. I'm more of a, a crow call kind of guy. That's always worked. Now I have seen that it's not as effective out west when I would hunt turkeys as when I would hunt in the east and that's due to a lot of the birds in my area didn't hear a ton of crows as so much as ravens, which is very different tone, different sound, and they didn't they didn't really get as uh, fired up or respond as much to crow calls as they did raven calls. Number two, pretty obvious, but you're gonna need head to toe camo, and my personal opinion is I think you need some kind of face mask or face covering. I am not a huge fan of painting my face, if you like painting your face, more power to you. Do it up. That's great. You know, if it gets you amped up, it's kind of a ritualistic thing where you like to, you know, paint your face. Go for it. I'm not a huge fan of it. <laughs> i I just I rather just have a face covering. And part of that is a lot of times I would turkey hunt and then go to work. So it just made it a lot easier just to have a face covering than to paint my face. But I do think camo head to toe is obvious but a face covering, even a cheap bandana that you can wrap around your face, huge difference. It makes me more confident and I just like knowing that I have less visibility. There's less of me that sticks out to turkeys, especially after we just talked about how great their eyesight is. So for me, I would say a face covering is pretty essential. Number three, decoys. Now decoys, there's a large range of what you can buy in terms of, especially for price, materials, everything else. I am a fan of the soft foam, cheap decoys. Why? Because they roll up, they're crazy light and I can fit them in my bag and I can carry them in and I don't have to have some big bulky kind of decoys. Now, if you're hunting on private land, I get it, man. Use use the best quality decoys that you can. That's awesome. I I think that that's, you know, definitely can't hurt you. If not, it'll help you, but I'm just a fan of the foam, simple ones, because I hunt on public land. And if you're ever worried about like, does my decoy look good enough, yada, 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 there's tons of videos out there of turkeys running in on just like black trash bags. You know, like it's, I think sometimes we get so amped up when we think about turkey hunting and trying to fool the birds. I've seen people use like inflatable pool toys that are birds and stuff like that as like decoys. It's pretty funny. There's a lot of things out there uh, of people doing similar things. To get birds to come in. And it's just like sometimes I think we overthink it and we we tell ourselves, we justify to ourselves. You know, we need the most expensive, latest and greatest kind of thing. I, I like to keep it simple. And I would say, you know what, if you're on public land, especially, it never hurts to have something that's easy to pack in and pack out. Number four, ammo. And I also included this as a ammo choking gun because I put it all together, right? It's a whole package, obviously. First of all, when it comes to shotguns, shoot whatever you got, right? I, I shoot 20 gauge, I'll shoot a 12 gauge, whatever you have. Doesn't matter, especially if you're gonna be shooting birds fairly close. They don't notice the difference and you'll do just fine. When it comes to ammo, I do like using tungsten personally Part of that is some of the areas I have hunted, they don't want any lead shot. So I switched over to tungsten for that purpose and I've had success with it. Now, in terms of should you use a four, should you use five, six, all that kind of stuff, I like a blend. A blend is always good. I don't go too crazy. Some people spend a lot of money on turkey ammo. Some people go for something that's more affordable. It's more important that you pattern it and you understand what it does in your gun. I think that's a the number one thing. If it doesn't shoot well, if it doesn't pattern well, it doesn't matter how expensive or affordable the ammo is, right? It's more important that you figure that out and try out a few different things. Now, when it comes to a choke, do you need a choke? I think it's nice. Do you need a turkey-specific choke, though? Like, full choke, gotta have it. Not really. I killed plenty of birds without a full like dedicated turkey choke myself but as I went on and I started getting super into turkey hunting it's a great thing to have it is nice to have if you get more into it if you're someone that's just kind of casual about it you know you want to do it maybe a couple weekends it's a fairly cheap tag for you and you're not super into it but you just kind of want to do it with your buddies a couple times sure run with run with whatever you got you'll probably be fine especially like i said if you're shooting birds at 20 yards or under and you know how your gun patterns should probably be okay but full choke it's nice to have not a must-have number five this one varies based on where you live personally and where you hunt but i think permethrin or some kind of deep woods bug spray is essential. I mean, absolutely essential if you live in certain areas. I've turkey hunted in Maine, and let me tell you, it was a nightmare. I had my permethrin sprayed down my clothes. Everything was great. I had been turkey hunting for weeks, no problem, and then it wore off. In 10 minutes, I picked off 30 ticks, and it was so bad that I just didn't even try to hunt. I just said, nope, I'm done. I'm done for the day. I'm gonna get Lyme's disease. If I, if I stick around, I'm gonna, this is just not, not a good choice. So at least having some kind of like deep woods bug spray, something to keep the ticks off of you. I also found here in Minnesota, beginning of the season, not so much of a problem. By the end of the season, huge problem, huge problem. Now, when I was out in the Washington area and I was in central Washington, I didn't even have to think about ticks. I just never, maybe it was just the area I was. It was very dry, never even had to think about it. Never had to worry about it. I had one tick on me one time, the entire time. And I did a ton of turkey hunting. For a lot of people in a good chunk of the country, this is pretty much a must have. Number six, thermocell. I love thermocell. I love this thing, it's so simple. It's not that expensive and the benefits are huge. I like to hunt near water sources, whether it be creeks or just some areas I know where the snow is gonna melt and create some water sources that oftentimes I find turkeys like. And that also means I have to deal with mosquitoes. There's nothing worse than sitting there trying to be still. You have a bird that you're working and you have mosquitoes landing on the underside of your hat or on your face. It's just miserable. I hate it. So I love Thermacell. Obviously, if you're moving around a lot, if you're walking around a lot, you're running and gunning, not gonna be super effective. But for when you're sitting and you're gonna do longer sits, It's really nice to have, and like I said, they're not crazy expensive, so I I really enjoy them. Number seven is a seat or some kind of butt pad, something. Something to get you off the ground and make your hunt that much more comfortable. When I first started, I didn't use anything. I just leaned up against a tree, and I learned very quickly, this is not the way. (laughs) This is is not what I want to do for hours on end. So I got a nice seat that is very easy. It was very affordable. It's easy to pack in. And I know a lot of other people use some kind of seat, but at least a very simple butt pad, something. Especially if it rains and stuff like that, I notice I don't get as cold if I'm sitting on wet ground. Even if I have rain gear on, it's just nice to have something to keep me off the ground. And it makes my hunt way more enjoyable. Number eight, I have a blind. Now, hear me out on this one because some people are gonna be like, oh man, I don't wanna, blinds can be expensive. The pop-up blinds, you know, they're really nice. And yes, I understand that. And yeah, there's a huge array of pop-up blinds and different kinds of blinds you can have. Or you're gonna say, man, I don't wanna set that up. I like to hunt public land. I hear you on that. And it is nice to have that, especially on like a rainy day or something just have a blind to sit in. But I'm not even talking about that. I'm talking about like a simple rollout blind. These are, I mean, they're like 25 bucks or less. You can fit two guys behind them. They're crazy lightweight. They set up in minutes. And to me, it's essential. It's an essential that I always bring into the turkey woods. I have had moments where I'm like, you know what? This bird's over here. They're kind of being stubborn. I'm going to try to make a move I'm going to leave my backpack and leave my gear here and see if I can go after that bird and it's worked for me and I've done that and just kind of left it sitting there with everything but most of the time if I want to like move around I want to change where I where my location is it's so fast and easy with these rollout blinds that I don't have a problem with it it's so nice and it's And I've had moments where I've heard birds and I'm trying to work them and I can tell they're coming in, coming in, coming in. And I have to set up pretty quick, especially with one person. If I have to, they can roll out pretty darn quick. You don't have to completely cover yourself. Just get up something in front of you. It makes a world of difference, especially for when you are working a bird, it's going well, they're coming in and now you have to lift your shotgun. Maybe you're not super skilled with the diaphragm call, so you wanna use your hands a little bit more like for a slate call or a box call. It's nice to have that in front of you. It just makes you feel a little bit more comfortable and it does hide that movement. Regardless, if you do see a bird coming in, basically there's not a lot of talking you need to do, but for lifting that shotgun, it's super nice to have that set up. And like I said, you I fit two guys behind it and fit pretty comfortably. I really like them. For the price, the, the weight, to you know the cover to how convenient they are for the price. To me, it's almost a no-brainer. I I love using a simple rollout blind. Number nine, a turkey vest. I don't personally run a turkey vest, mostly because I don't feel the need for one. They can be a little bit pricey. You know, depends on what you're looking at. I mean, if you're gonna go with <laughs> you know, the Sika Alpine concealment series with the Equinox turkey vest kind of situation, and you want to spend that money, you're that into turkey hunting, go for it. But for me, I I don't run a turkey vest. Um, I have a waterfowl vest that you, I can run sometimes if I really want to. Most of the time I just run a backpack. So instead of a turkey vest, I'm gonna say backpack, having something that you can put all your stuff in, I get the convenience of a turkey vest. I understand a lot of the benefits of it. For me, I just like running a backpack and that way I can even put a little bit more in there. It's easier, especially if I'm going to, say, hike pretty far in. I can put some of my jacket or something like that so I don't get all hot and sweaty, store it in my bag, take it out so that I'm not cold when I'm sitting there. I just feel like a backpack gives me more options. Uh, But turkey vests, if you want to invest in one or at least, backpack i combine them together for number nine number 10 and this one is so simple and i bet you you already have it laying at your house Bet you don't even have to buy this it's so simple and i haven't heard almost anyone talk about this item for turkey hunting and that is a shoulder strap now what do i mean by a shoulder strap this is the kind of strap that you can have say on a gym bag right you already probably have it on a gym bag. And so that way you can put it comfortably on your shoulders and it has kind of, you know, the ends where it just clips onto it. I take those and I rig it up. So you can do that around the feet of the turkey. And the, when you're carrying them out, you can just put it on your shoulder. Yeah, sure. You can hold the feet and everything like that. I really like being able to have this shoulder strap because it allows me to also carry the bird hands-free. Then I have a strap on my shotgun too. So now I'm completely hands-free. And if you're hiking and you're doing a lot of, if you're trying to get in the woods a little bit more distance, it's really nice. It's super convenient. The other part of it that I like is that I have doubled up before in the morning. I shot two birds early morning and now is able to carry both birds very easily with this strap. For me, it's just something that you probably have laying around. So it takes up no space. It doesn't cost you anything why not just take it off your gym bag and just throw it in your bag for turkey hunting i i love it i think it's super super useful and i mean you could use it for other things if you want to hang your bag or if you want to hang your calls you can do a couple different things with this and i really like it so for me number 10 it's a simple item but it's something that you probably have and you can just quickly throw in your bag and it gives you some new versatility to how you carry your bird or other things all right so that's the 10 gear items i recommend for turkey hunting okay so the story for this podcast is this north carolina bear that is almost 700 pounds unbelievable bear huge bear if you're watching this on youtube you'll actually be able to see the bear i have we have photos of it and the just the head of this bear is monster it's just unbelievably big So this group of hunters broke a 30 year record. The bear came in at 695 pounds. Holy smokes. The previous record was 688 pounds and was killed in the early nineties by a bow hunter. (laughs) Could you imagine bow hunting and killing a 688 pound black bear? That is wild. So it looks like the party was using hunting dogs for this hunt and one of the members ran down the trail and he saw the bear and could tell it was obviously a huge bear, big honking bear, and the bear took off and started running up the mountain. Now, what the bear didn't know was two of the other members of the group were already up there and they were able to cut off the bear and make the fatal shot. What's interesting about this is that the guy that took the shot is the one that is gonna have his name in the record books so none of the other members are which kind of sucks you know what I mean like you you're part of this group you just happen to be in the right location right place and your buddies are helping and you're all trying to be successful I think in general they're they're probably all going to be you know talk about it as it's a team thing but the the one individual that did shoot the bear is going to have only his name in the actual record books but just a huge monster bear, congrats to them. So with that, that's the end of the podcast. Hopefully you enjoyed this, got a few new tips, maybe heard some new in- interesting information, and maybe you found a few new pieces of gear that you want to add into your bag or with you when you go out in the woods. So with that said, best of luck to all the hunters out there come turkey season and shoot straight and knock something down. So that's the end of the podcast. Hopefully you enjoyed it. You can watch a video version of the podcast over on YouTube. We have Facebook, Twitter, TikTok, basically all social media under the same name. And as always, shoot straight and knock something down.